Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone. I'm Lucy Edmonds. In case you don't know, I know everybody does, but welcome to this is Abacus Made Simple, and it is September 6th, 22. So welcome to those of you in the Zoom room and also welcome to those listening on the podcast that this class will hopefully become. Um, Mo is my host, my Zoom host. So thank you, Mo. Um, So let me just say that I would really appreciate it if you would all stay muted for this first part of the session anyway. Um, I will stop a couple of times for questions, but for now, please stay muted. I hope to have several of these calls as I did the other times I offered this class. As long as you stay interested and coming and depending on how fast we get through the material. We will meet every two weeks um, at this same time, probably for several months because some of these concepts take a bit of um, practice and getting used to for those of you who have never used an abacus. And I, I want to show you a lot of different things you can do with an abacus because I think this is still a very useful tool. So today I'm going to talk uh, a little bit about the history of the abacus and the ways you can use it. Then I'll open it up for questions before we actually get into how to use it. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so if you already have an abacus, when we get to that point, try to follow along with me later in the class. And if you don't, I hope I can make some sense out of this for you and that you'll be interested in purchasing one. So. As I said in my little introduction of this call that was in your ACB community email this morning, even though we have talking calculators, computers, and smartphones to make our mathematical calculations easier, some of us old schoolers like me um, still like to keep up our math skills with just a basic tool such as an abacus. Uh, you can use an abacus to help you with a lot of simple things such as keeping score during games and counting things such as um, rows and stitches for those of you who knit and crochet which I use an abacus a lot for that. I carry it in all of my knitting bags um, I don't know how many abacuses or abacai, I guess I should, I don't know which one it is um, that I actually have. I know I have at least four that I can think of um, on the top of my head or whatever you say. Um, and I also use it for keeping track of a phone number until like until you have a chance to put it in your smartphone or um, write it down. Um, and even perhaps keeping track of the current date. Like if your phone battery's dead and you don't, you know, and you wanna figure out the, the date of something coming up, you can actually 
use an abacus to figure that out. I don't do that, but I, you know, um, there's a way to do it. So I'm sure there are a lot of other clever things that you can do with it. So a little bit of the history, the exact origin of the abacus is not really known. However, for thousands of years, man has actually made use of the abacus as a computer of arithmetic. And in fact, early modern digital computers are based on this ancient tool. The Romans made widespread use of the abacus, and it is believed that this device, generally thought to have originated in Japan, actually was introduced to the Japanese through trade with ancient Rome. In addition to its popularity in Asia, the abacus enjoyed considerable use in Europe until the 16th or 17th centuries. At about this time, writing materials such as pen, ink, and paper became fairly plentiful, and abacus calculation began to fall into disuse, giving place to graphic or written arithmetic. Meanwhile, in Asia, instead of faltering, the abacus flourished, receiving widespread attention from Chinese and Japanese mathematicians and other scholars. Today, its popularity in Japan alone is enough to stagger the imagination. Interesting way to put it. <laughs> its name is Soroban, S-O-R-O-B-A-N in Japanese. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that because I've never um, seen Japanese before, but I think that's it. There are many reasons for the popularity of the abacus. First is speed. The speed of abacus calculation is nothing short of breathtaking to someone witnessing an abacus demonstration for the first time. Many skilled abacus operators can outperform operators of calculators both in speed and accuracy. And I, I know some people who are blind who can do the same thing. I mean, I've seen some, some people, myself not included, who are really, really fast when they're, um, when they're doing math, mathematical problems. Second is economy. The abacus is inexpensive to buy and costs nothing to maintain. If writing materials, a computer or calculator or smartphone are not available, another saving is realized in that only the final answer of a difficult set of calculations can be figured with an abacus. Next is portability. The abacus is small, lightweight, and easy to carry. Your smartphone is small also, but if your battery is dead, the abacus can come in very handy because your smartphone is not going to do you any good. So what does an abacus look like? Well, there are many different versions of it, which have actually been around for thousands of years, as I said. The abacus that is used by sighted people does not really lend itself to operation by people who are blind or visually impaired. The incredible speed of the device stems from the fact that the counters or beads are free to travel back and forth on their columns with virtually no resistance. 
and the merest touch of a finger will move a counter or bead. So this makes it somewhat difficult for a person who is blind to operate a standard abacus because your beads would be flying all over the place if you felt them. So your answer would not be accurate. So the two that I'm going to talk about today and the ones that we will use for this class are the Cranmer, C-R-A-N-M-E-R abacus and the Ryzen, R-E-I-Z-E-N abacus. And these are two that have been um, specially adapted for those of us who are blind or visually impaired. Um, the Cranmer was developed by Tim Cranmer in about 1963, I think. And I just learned about the Ryzen abacus while I was preparing for the first time I did this class. So um, all I know about it really is what my students have told me. I've never seen one. So they are both rectangular and about six inches long, I would say, by, oh, I should have figured this out. I would say about four inches um, wide. And the framework is made of plastic. And within the frame, there are vertical columns of plastic beads, which are strung on metal rods. And the Cranmer has 13 columns and the Ryzen has two versions, one with 13 and one with 15 columns. There is a felt padding underneath the beads, which keeps them from sliding too easily so that you can feel their position without moving them. So each column has five beads. Uh, separated by a bar that goes horizontally across the entire framework. And the beads are separated into a group of four beads below the bar, and then one bead on the top of each column above the bar. So you would hold the abacus or lay it down on a table or however you want to position it when you are using it um, horizontally so that the groups of four beads are closest to you and the groups of one bead are facing away from you. So across the bar that separates the groups of beads, there are raised markings to help you keep track of the, the columns. Um, on the Cranmer, There are raised dots on the bar above each group of four beads and a small raised line after every three columns. So you would have three raised dots, one small raised line, three dots, one small raised line, and so on across the abacus. Um, on, the, uh, on the Ryzen abacus, I think that there is just a small raised line after each three columns and 
no dots over each column. I like I said, I have never actually seen it. So I'm just speaking from the description I read on a website. So um, if someone ha here has a Ryzen abacus, you can raise your hand in a couple of minutes and let us know about that. Um, and then also on the APH abacus, the excuse me, APH, I'm sorry, the Cranmer abacus, which you can buy at APH, <laughs> there um, are the same dots and little raised lines across the very bottom of the abacus below each group of four beads. So um, you have two ways that you can um, actually mark where you are and, and uh, what column you're in and whatever, if you wanna use those little raised dots and lines. I don't really do that in more advanced calculations such as like decimals and things like that. You would wanna do that. You would um, wanna use some of those little orientation markers. So, okay. So you may ask, where can I get one of these interesting things? At least I hope you will if you don't have one. Well, I found four places where they can be purchased. The most expensive one is from the American Printing House for the Blind or APH for $36. And this is the Cranmer, the one with 13 columns. Um, and that's the one that I've dealt with for all these years. Um, their website is www.aph.org. Next is the Ryzen Abacus, the one with either 13 or 15 columns. And um, I'm not sure which one is available at these websites. So you would have to, um, to check it out. But anyway, you can get it at Maxi Aids for the one that I saw was $21.95. And their website is www maxiaids.com. Next is the Ryzen Abacus at Independent Living Aids for $14.95. And their website is www.independentliving.com, written all together. And the last one is from the Braille Bookstore and it is a 13 column abacus. Um, although it does not name the brand, I'm going to assume, and I hope I can safely do that here. <laughs> I'm going to assume that it is comparable to the Cranmer um, and the Ryzen with 13 columns because it because it has 13 columns. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. Anyway, it sells for for $9.95. So we have quite a price difference here from $36 down to $9.95. And gosh, which one would I go for? Hey, well, probably not the $36 one. So anyway, uh, the Braille, the Braille bookstore actually has um two web addresses from which you can access their store, www.braillebookstore.com, all written together, and www.futureaids.com. 
All right. And now um, there are three books you can get if you want some references for learning the abacus. Two of them are available as downloads on BARD. Uh, abacus Made Easy by May Davido, D-A-V-I-D-O-W. And the book number is DBZ24738. And then there is Abacus Basic Competency Accounting Method by Susan M. Milloway, M I L L A W A Y, DBZ24739. And there's also one that you can download free from the American Printing House website if you can find it. It's buried pretty deeply within their links. <laughs> and it's called Using the Cranmer Abacus for the Blind by Fred Gisoni, G-I-S-S-O-N-I. -S -S I think I'm spelling these names correctly, I hope. Um, and these may also be available on Bookshare, but I'm not a member, so I'm not sure about that. Okay, now um, let's open it up for questions. If you uh, have anything you want to ask about what I've talked about so far, you can raise your hand and Mo will call on you. So do we have any hands? We have no hands up. All right. Well, either I did a good job or I bored you to death. One of the two. Um, <clears throat> and I don't want to know which one. And Danette is. now has raised her hand. Okay. Give it a little time, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Danette. <laughs> Hello. See, when I bought my abacus, I think it was from the Royal Superstore, the cheaper one. I was not going to spend $36. Right. Um, I bought two of them, and it has a little metal thing that you can put in between them so it looks like you have a long two of them oh awesome yeah you know uh diane scalzi i think i think i heard diane come in before i um turned my speech off she used to talk about working when she worked for irs and and how she would put two of them together my my yeah, um, that when I was getting wanting to get one, I was talking to Cindy, and that's what she recommended. So that's what I did. So. Oh my God! Yeah, I, I can't even imagine doing a calculation with that many columns. I, I, I think I'd have to wait until I had um, access. To I don't them. use that many columns. <laughs> oh my God! Wow, that's crazy! Wow, that's interesting. Well, I'm, you know, that's good to know that they, um. They included that with it. That's great. Wow. I think I had to pay extra for it, but yeah. Oh, that's, ah, oh, wow. I like mm -hmm. that though. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. All right. Anybody else? Deborah. All right. Hi, Deborah. Hello, Lucy. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the lady before there uh, was just explaining uh, uh, about, um, I was trying to I was trying to understand it um, what, what she was saying did she did uh, she say that she had two um, abacuses joined uh, put together by 
um, how, how did she say it? I, I have troubles processing information, so. Huh? Um, okay. Which so, actually, okay, go ahead, sorry. It's okay. So one end of your, one advocate goes in this middle bar thing at one end, and then at the other end of the middle bar thing, you have other advocates at the other end of it. Oh, so the, the, um, so the, uh, the, the rod that is attached to the abacus, like each of the abacus have two little, uh, two little uh, slots at the top that you can, you can connect the, um, the they, they just slide right in. Oh, do yes, they slide never, under ooh. the, under the rods of the, um, like the abacus is your, where the beads it, are. It doesn't even touch the rods. It's, it's kind of above the rods that there's a, that, that slides it into above the rod. Oh, okay. Okay. Both and probably rods. on, on the ends of it where uh -huh. there are no beads, right? Oh, okay. Uh -huh. okay. Yes. And interesting. Yes. Yeah, see, I've never, I've never seen that. So, uh, how, um, are they like when, when you put them in this, this thingy, because uh -huh. I don't know what that thingy is called, uh -huh. abacus joiner. Um, are the are they like right next to each other, the two abacuses, or yes. are, is it, there, it, oh, it, okay. it just right like it makes it t twice as long. All yeah. right, cool. And did you mm -hmm. buy them that way? Uh, the, yes. Pardon my about two, about two of them, and then you had to buy the metal thing extra. Yeah. Oh, all right. And where did you say you got that? I believe it was the blind superstore. I think it the came Braille from Canada. Books. Yeah, oh, yep, okay. the Braille Braille bookstore, the one that yeah. I um, talked oh, about. Yeah, I, I think it's out in British Columbia. Yeah, okay. Uh -huh. $9. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't going to be the $35 one. No, thank oh, heck no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good yeah, that, that's really cool. I like that. I should, I should look into that and buy two brand new ones minor i still have oh, well this is just a little little tidbit of nonsense information but um <laughs> i started using the abacus when i was 11 and i i got it at the school for the blind and so they they took an electric pencil and engraved my name on it in cursive writing and so at the time it was very you know raised you could you could feel it i couldn't really read it then because i didn't know how to read cursive writing but um i still have that abacus and even though the the writing is very worn down i can still tell that it has been written on i should have somebody sighted look at it and see if they can still read that name <laughs> so that abacus is an antique because it's 50 55 years old Oh my God, crazy. All right, anybody else? Diane. Diane. Oh, oh okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, well, I, I don't know where, I don't know where one of them is, but I have had three abacus boards and I got all of mine for free. So maybe sometime I'll have to break down and buy one because I do have this one where the some of the beads tend to slide around when I don't want them to. But anyway, um, yeah, I but yeah, they they do last forever. Um, I think I have one that um, I have one that my roommate gave to me when we were still in school, and I have uh, one that I got at Arkansas Enterprises for the blind because when you left the center, they allowed you a gift 
So, you know, I got a give, uh, gift of an abacus and I think Joe got an abacus too because he didn't want any of their stuff, but he knew I might want. So uh, we got a couple of them from Arkansas. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the only time I remember actually, because when I worked for IRS, I used my calculator. I'm sorry. Um, oh, did yeah, you? <laughs> yeah, I had a TSI talking calculator. So usually the only thing I used my abacus for was when their phone system broke down and it wasn't tracking our calls and we had to manual, manually keep track of how many calls we got. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So the only time I remember putting two boards together um, and, and using it was when I took a civil service exam uh, before I left Arkansas. And, you know, there were some pretty long, you know, math problems in there with pretty large numbers. Um, so, it, you know, it's not something I don't know if you'll need to do it often. I suppose it'll depend on the kind of work you're doing and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But yeah, um, it, it, it's good to know. It's good to know that you can do that if you ever need to. Well, like I said, even though I love the advocates so much, if I ever had a calculation that required that many columns, I'd be going for the calculator <laughs> or smartphone <laughs> or something like that. Whoa, yeah. that's, I mean, gosh, that's 26 columns. Holy moly. Yeah. yeah, it is. That's a lot. Wow. Okay. Well, thanks, Diane. Anybody else? Yes, it's have... Steve here. Hold on. Oh, now, can you raise your hand, please? I don't know how. Okay. Well, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. All right. I'm I am using an iPhone. I don't know the keypad numbers to hit, but I hit the unmute so I could speak. Okay, I'm that's in fine. Seattle. Right. I'm in Seattle. This is my first meeting here for the Abacus. I don't uh. know anything about it except people were talking about how they were using it before. And so I thought I'd be you know, curious about it and find out what kind of uh, training information I can get from your, uh, from your uh, group. Well, that trainer would be me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did you come in at the very beginning of the call where I talked about uh, how the, you know, the different uses for the abacus and um, the books no, that you can. No, I, I had trouble getting into the call, but I did eventually get into the call. I got into the call when you were talking about the four different price ranges for the abacus. That's what I heard. Okay. So then um, I'm sure you heard about the books that you can get because I talked about that afterwards. There are three books that you can download from two from Bard and one from APH. American Printing House for the Blind. Um, if you need any further instruction on it, do you currently have an abacus? No, I don't have an abacus. Okay. Well, um, I talked about the different websites that you can go to to purchase one. The cheapest one, like I said, is $9.95 from the right. Braille Bookstore. And that is right. braillebookstore.com. So yeah. Right. And I've actually gone to BrailleBookstore.com before. Okay, great. So I, I'm, I'm not too worried about finding an abacus. I'm just right. wondering what kind of training I can get in this, in this format when I'm talking to people on the phone. 
I could probably download the books, you know, get those digital books and kind of, quote, train myself from. Well, the we're going to go through um, the different calculations yeah. if you come to this okay. class every two weeks. So Perfect. I'm just That's this is I the was, introductory uh, class. I'm explaining okay. what what it is, how do I use it, where you can get it, okay. the books you need. Um, so if you yep. come every two weeks, we'll get into all of that. Okay. Perfect. That's great. Okay, great. Thanks, Steve. Who's next? We have Brad next. Hi, Brad. Hey, Lucy. Can you repeat the DB numbers for the what is it? The three books. I know I've got one of them you sent me, but uh, yep. I wasn't able to write anything down, but I'm ready now. Okay, there's two on um, Bard. One is the Abacus Made Evie, e e ooh, shoo, Easy by May Davido, and it's DBZ247388. And Let me make sure I got it right. DBZ, DBZ, uh -huh. 247 three eight uh-huh and then okay. abacus uh basic competency accounting method by susan m milloway and that is d b z two four seven three nine so right next to each other yes all right so and then, then the there's other also one was buried in aph um, aph and these will probably do it for me. I can't, what was the, what was the, um, tell me the, the name of the one on APH. It is, oh. Abacus for dummies. Shoot, 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 hold on. Oh man, I'm lost. Um, uh, I got it, Lucy, if, <laughs> if you want me to give it. It's, um, Abacus, uh, Let's see. Using the Cranmer Abacus for the Blind That's it. That's by it. Fred Gisoni. How, how, how do you spell Cranmer? C-R-A-N-M-E-R. Just like it sounds. Okay, yeah. thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, anybody else? And our last hand for now is Jeanette. All right, Jeanette. So just to make everybody's life complicated, including my own, there is another book. And oh, I want to say <laughs> that I got it from Bookshare, um, but I can definitely verify that for the next class. It's called Beginner's Abacus Instructions for Use. And it's by Karen, K-A-R-E-N-J, and then P-O-P-P. E. Oh, wow. And it's uh, um, quite, I, I can um, talk with you about this book before the next class, Lucy. But yeah. I think it's quite good for people who have never, ever been exposed to an abacus. And is it, is it written for adapted abacai? Yes. Okay, yes. cool. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I had never heard of that one. That's good to know. I found it quite by accident. Awesome. All right. That's great. Okay. So no more hands? No, no more hands. hands. No hands, mom. No, sorry. Okay. 
Now let's start talking about how you can actually use this silly thing. All right, so first let's talk about the, the columns. For, for counting and mathematical calculations, you would start at the far right-hand column. And this is the ones or units column. So the four beads below the bar all have a value of one. And the bead above the bar has a value of five. So you can count to nine in this column by setting. That's what we call it when we, we actually um, push the beads toward the bar. One, two, three, four. And then we want to add one to four, but we can't because we've already used those four beads. So um, we want to clear those four and set five at the top of the bar. So now you have five written and then six would be one of the beads below the bar added to that seven, eight, nine. Okay. The next column is tens and I'm just basically explaining this. We're going to go into this more in depth when we actually start doing addition calculations. Um, so the next column is tens. So each bead below the bar in this column has a value of 10 and the bead above the bar has a value of 50. Next is hundreds, then thousands, 10 thousands and so on and so on. So let's see, uh, I, I can never keep this straight, but units, tens, hundreds, thousands, ten thousands, hundred thousands, millions, ten millions, hundred millions, billions, ten billion, hundred billion, trillion. So the 13th column, the farthest to the left, is the trillion column. Wow. How about that? <laughs> so as I said earlier, you can count things um, and you can keep score during games such as when, well, when we play uh, games during playtime on Friday night, Cindy and Mika keep score during that call um, using um, an abacus. So if your game is one that scores points one at a time, this is quite simple, but if not, you may need to do some simple addition, which we will get to in time. So for writing down phone numbers, I actually, um, I like this because sometimes when I'm on my, um, my iPhone talking to someone and they give me a phone number that I need to need to write down because my memory is getting so bad. I don't always have, you know, something that I can that I can braille it with. So I always have an advocate sitting next to me in the chair that I always sit in in my living room. So I go, hold on, hold on. And I grab my advocate. So you start for a phone number, you would start at the far left of the advocate. And so when putting, uh, like I said, a number on a column of the advocate, this is known as setting the number and taking a number off is known as clearing the number. So um, 
you can use it to keep track of the date and actually use it as a calendar to find out what day a certain date is on. And we will get to this much later in the course if anybody is interested. So um, when I use it for keeping track of a phone number, it's, I mean, it's, it's very, very handy and it's very simple. And I'll use um, my parents' phone number, their old phone number, because they're not here anymore. I'll use that as an example. So their area code was 517. So in the far left-hand column, I would set the bead above the bar, and that would be considered my five. Okay, in the next column, I would set one number below the bar because their area code was 517. In the third column from the left, I would set two beads below the bar and one bead above the bar, which equals seven on an abacus. And the more you look at these numbers, you will you will be able to tell what they are just, just like that. I mean, the more we get into um, actually adding and setting numbers and clearing numbers and all that. So then in the fourth column, which would start the actual phone number, it was a six. So I set one below the bar and one above the bar, which is a five. So that's six. And then the next number was two. So in the fifth column, I would set two beads below the bar. And one, two, three, four, five. In the sixth column, I would place, I would set a seven, which is two beads below the bar and one above. Um, and then in the <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six is in the seventh column, I would set a two. In the eighth column, I would set another seven. In the ninth column, I would set a four. And then in the 10th column, a two. So if I look at this, I can feel each column and I know um, what each of these, uh, what each of these looks like. And so I can say five, one, seven, six, two, seven, two, seven, four, two. And that was my parents' number. So, you know, if you're on the phone with somebody and you don't have anything to write a number down, if you don't use an abacus for anything else, it's worth $10 just to have it for that. Uh, but I hope you'll wanna, um, wanna use it for other things. Okay, so. Um, So the first type of addition. Okay, first of all, does anybody have any questions about that? Danette? Danette. Okay, so like when you're doing a phone number, would it be good like to put a skip a, skip a, like, like skip a bar, but like- for, A column. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, skip a column, but, between each like area code and then the three digits, would it be good to do that? You do certainly that? could do that. Yep, it might make it easier for you to um, to read. Yeah, that's okay. a great idea. I actually never thought about that. Okay. Yeah, it's a great idea. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else? 
Deborah. Deborah. Yeah. Now, if you were writing a number that um, has a zero in it, like uh, um, 762 uh, oh, uh, mm -hmm. six nine five right for right. zero you would leave that column empty would you not yes you certainly yeah, would that's what i kind of i kind of thought because you couldn't really put anything in there no because you'd add an, an extra number mm -hmm. no that's yeah. correct yeah mm -hmm. yeah and i i just noticed that my friend dave is here so hi dave mm -hmm. <laughs> i had my speech off so i wasn't paying any attention to any uh names but i just turned mm -hmm. it back on um all right, anybody else? Not at this time. All right. Okay, so oh, here we go. Uh, let's see. Okay, we got a little time. Okay. Um, now let's start talking about uh, um, um, addition. So the first type of addition is called simple addition or direct addition, either one. Um, I've seen it called different things in different books. So this is where you can actually set the numbers and you have enough beads in each column to do this. For example, um, let's say we want to add uh, 68 plus 21. All right, so we're going to start in the far right hand column. And we um, move over one column to the left to put our 60. So we want to set 68. So we set one bead below the bar and one bead above the bar. And that 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 is six. So, um, so those of you who have an abacus, I want you to get used to feeling these uh, numbers as we do these, so that that when you come across, um, you know, a number, you'll be able to just take it uh, one feel, <laughs> not one glance, but one feel and know what it is. Okay, so that was our six in the second column from the right, and to set eight for our 68 in the units column or ones column, we're gonna set three below the bar and one above the bar, that, that is eight. All right, so we wanna add 21 to this and that's gonna be great because we can do this directly. That's why we call it direct addition. So we already have in our tens column, we wanna add 20 and we already have one below the bar, which is part of our six, but we can directly set two more for our 20. So now we have eight in the tens column. And so then we move over to the ones column and we want to set one. We already have eight there from our 68. So we set one more bead and we've used all of our beads in the units column and our answer should be 89. Okay, so that is simple or direct addition. And I mean, you can you can do that all over the all over the the whole abacus. So so let me um uh let me just see here. Uh let's do um 
how about if we start out with uh, 25 and to that we want to add 74. So Brad, tell me how you might do that. <laughs> Brad. All right. Well, Brad doesn't. He's probably doing something else. Um. So let's. I'm here. Sorry. I was oh. Okay. Great. Okay. Eating my lunch. Multitasking. Okay. Twenty five. <laughs> so let me see. I'm going to set. I'm going to do this on the far right. You said mm -hmm. two five. So I'm going to. In the far right column is the ones column. I'm going to, up at the top part, I'm going to lower. You didn't say this, but I think I've got it correct. When there's nothing set, you got all the beads pushed in the position that's away from the bar, correct? Correct. Or actually, you could probably do it whatever works for you, but. No, you want to do it that way. You, you definitely want to do way. it that way. Yes. Okay. So in the, in the far right column, what do we call that? Column number one? Or the units um, column, the ones column, whatever. Yeah. Units column. I I low I, I go to the top and I slide a, a one bead down. That, that signifies I've got a five there. In the next column, over in the tens column, I raise two beads up from the bottom to the bar. So now I have 25 set. And then what am I adding to it? 74. 74. Okay. I'm not, mm -hmm. I, if this was a big number. I might go to the far right and set a 74 so I could keep track of it and not forget it. But I can remember 74. So you mean to the far left? Far left. Yes, that, that's a good thing to do. And and yeah. Okay. So I'm going to add a four in the ones. This is a simple one. So in the four, I'm going to go look at the fours, the ones column. I have five set and it's easy just to add four to it. I just slide all four beads up. And I now have a nine. There's nothing to carry. So I'm now going to go over here where I already have two beads raised. That's a two. Now a seven, this is going to be a little tricky. So let me think. I'm out of practice. I have to add seven beads to it. So I'm going to do this the, the first grade beginner way. I'm going to add seven. So I'm going to add slide two up. Now I have four, so now I'm going to slide them all down, and then I'm going to lower up one from up there. So now I've added one to it. Oh, my phone's talking. Um, I lost track. My phone was talking, um, distracting me. Okay, I'm not doing this right, am I? Well, I'm not. I'm doing it wrong. I had two, and my hang on, let me my phone. My phone started talking. Sounds like you're doing it right. Me. Yeah, kinda. But I lost track with my phone. Okay, so I have two set. I'm going to add seven to it. So I'm mm -hmm. going to go four up, two up. Now I got four. So that's uh -huh. yeah, that's four. Now I'm going to add one to it. I'm going to slide those uh, all four down and then slide my five down to the bar. So now I'm at five. So I've now added three and I've got to add four more. So I'm going to go down here and add all four and now that i've done this i see that i could have just added two up with one down and that's five yes because now what i have here is 99 <laughs> yeah you I you have... you 
I mean, it came out the same way, but you kind of yeah, added I know, one but step I didn't. That... I wasn't thinking. I wasn't. Yeah, that's I all right. Have oh. my abacus brain on. Okay, but... and as we get into more advanced addition problems, it's a good idea when you're adding to actually start at the. Uh, how do I say this? To start at the. Um, to start at the column that is the largest number. I mean, you you started at the ones end, and I would suggest that you actually start adding in the tens column. And the reason is because once we start getting to getting into um, having to carry or borrow uh, numbers from different columns, you will become confused. So, for example, okay, we had we had twenty five, and we wanted to add um, seventy four. So, I really would like for you to get used to starting in the tens column and adding the seventy first. Well, the opposite from the way they taught us. A sighted person was taught in elementary school. Well, I don't know about that because I've never been sighted. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I was. I was. And that's, that's what they taught us. Just one st start on the right and go to the left. Okay. Well, yeah. So, yes, um, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say that's the easiest, Mary and Chanel and Diane and those of you who are Avocus users? I would say so yes. because Ever the biggest numbers absolutely. Way, yeah. I do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, Definitely on the abacus. Now in school, you know, just with the brailler, we were taught to start at the we right. Start at the right, right. And, yes, we were. And go go to the left. But mm -hmm. definitely on the abacus, we've always started on the left and yes. went to the right. Yep. But, but here's another analogy. Um, I had a friend in school who could not read braille, could not use um, a braille writer. And when she was taught to do math in her head, they use the same strategy, teach the bigger numbers first. So she always learned to add from sense. left to the right. I always Makes did too in sense. my head. Yeah. We mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. For the blind and in, in uh, yep. Canada here, we were taught that. Um, mm -hmm. to, uh, yeah. In my head. It's about nine till, Lucy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks, Mo. Um, we... And and my friend Dave is on here, and he will he will be able to attest to this. Speaking of adding things in your head, we had a, a math teacher at the School for the Blind in Michigan who was probably the most brilliant person that I got to know well, and his name was Fred Newman, and he taught us how to add in our heads. I mean, and he made a game out of it, and he called these problems sticklers, and he would teach us multiplication tables, squares and square roots, cubes and cube roots up to 25. And I mean, he would rattle off a problem. He would he would go 13 times 3 plus 10 square root times 2 plus 1 squared, you know, just really fast. I mean, and we would have to keep track of that in our head. 
And by the way, my answer was 25 or uh, 225 when I when I ended up. But anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) I can still do these. I can still, you know, a little bit, Mm. not not certainly as good as what we used to. And we would have stickler contests and it was a big deal. I mean, it was so much fun. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just like we learned these things uh, just so well by playing this game and that was the object um, was to learn to do this and so he taught us to do these things from left to right in our heads so uh so yeah yeah that uh that was really cool i don't even know what square roots are i was always in the special ed classes at the school for the blind in canada so i i didn't get as far as that but the basic basic timetables um uh, two like counting by twos, counting by sixes, counting by fours, and stuff like that. I that's as far as I got. Uh huh. But well, a square is just like a number times itself, like nine times nine mm-hmm. is the square of nine is 81, and the square root of nine is three. Three times three is nine. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the square root of nine is three. Mm, uh, I still never don't mind. get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to teach that. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I just don't get it. <laughs> That's okay. You do you have Diane's hand raised. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hi, Diane. <laughs> yeah, I would. I um. Excuse me, Diane. Diane. I guess you couldn't. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, my, um, I knew, uh, I worked with this girl named, um, Mary Jo, her name was Robinson when I knew her. Oh, I knew her. Yeah. Mary Jo. Yeah. And, um, she always talked about that teacher. Yeah. And, 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 and she also told me that the guy that wound up teaching math at our school, his name was Carlton Corey, did his student teaching at, um, at the Michigan School for the Blind, so she oh, knew really? him. Oh, really? I don't remember him. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'll be but. darned. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I don't think I want to go any farther than that right now, because mm-hmm. uh, we only have a couple of minutes. Um, does anybody have any last-minute questions? What do you do with an advocate that the, the beads are so loose that they slip and slide around? Instead of buying oh. a new one, how do you remedy that? Or well, is there... <laughs> they told us in Arkansas to use rosin. But rosin? I'll tell you, you got to be careful with it because if you put too much in there, then the beads won't move either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, I've never tried uh, to do anything like that. Um, and I don't really have any other answer. Because I know, you know, Diane, I know you've said that before. But mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I don't know. I, I really don't, don't think there's much of an answer to that. Uh, I guess you could try having someone like, uh, slip something underneath the beads, like over the top of the the felt padding i don't know mm-hmm. nah, i don't know if that i don't know the rosin was the only thing i'd ever heard of yeah yeah so you know if you're if 
if you're willing to try it, it does work. It does tighten the beads up, but you have to be careful. But they do. I mean, they they do last a long time. Yeah. I mean, unless you use an abacus like, you know, all the time or whatever, um, they, they do last a long time. And I figure maybe for $10, I could buy a new one because I I just. I would hate to use the rosin because, well, for one thing, you're going to get your fingers all sticky. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you can't afford it, convince a friend that you need a gift. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 You no, know, that, that's what I would do because I don't think it's worth trying to fix it because you yeah. really need those beads to move for you and if you're not sure about math you want to be able to touch them without feeling like they're going to slide yeah yeah i agree yeah if you and these these ten dollar ones from the braille superstore are really nice i mean i've i've just loved mine of course i i love the one i got you know from aeb at the um those were from the printing house yeah, um, those are very nice too. But th this other one is just as nice, I find. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know I have the Ryzen one, and it looks just like the expensive one. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had it since Lucy started doing these classes. I have dropped this thing more times than I can tell you, and it's very <laughs> rugged, and my beads are not moving. So great yeah oh. the another difference on the APH one is that um across the very top of it uh there in the center of it um it's above the uh the groups of one beads there are the print letters a period p period h period but you know what who cares about that <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so okay all righty Okay, <laughs> I think we're going to end it here. So thank you so much, everyone, for coming. And I hope I made some sense out of this so that you'll come back in two weeks. So our next class will be on September 20th at the same time, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we'll get into a little bit, uh, a little bit more complex forms of addition.